Public Space Travel is a leftist, anti-capitalist podcast of disgruntled academics, video gamers, and friends. Our belief is that knowledge should be made more accessible and be used for anti-oppression and non-hierarchical revolutionary ends. You can support what we do at patreon.com forward slash public space travel and reach out to us at publicspacetravel at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 208-502-1406. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody. This is Public Space Travel. Uh, I am Lucy, joined here today with Hunty. Hey. And we also have shadow producer Marks. Hi. Um, today we're doing something different. We're starting a weekly uh, episode, and we're just going to quickly cover topics that we've you know found through the internet, things that uh, that we feel like are you know we could have a little discussion on and just bring it to your attention if you don't know. Um, this is going to be kind of an experiment in a ways. I know usually our format is more uh, long, deep dives on a certain topic, but I felt like with so much news going on that uh, we kind of felt like maybe it was a good idea to cover a little bit more. If there is things that you feel like we missed or could cover or talk about better, uh, we are welcome to all of the ideas that you'll have. And uh, to do that, you can just find us just real quickly at Public Space Pod on Twitter. Um, reach any of us through there. Um, and yeah, so with that, let's just get on to the news. So today is the 12th of July. And just getting started. Uh, the far right. <laughs> uh, the far right um, movements have been given voice by a president who is hoping that destabilizing the American people will lead to his re-election. I'm sure most of us are aware of this. He's been promoting tweets by known racists and conspiracy theories that, su that are supported by the darkest corners on the internet. There is an Intercept article that just came out uh, called The Far Right Revolution Was Waiting for an Opportunity, Now It's Here by uh, Murtaza Hus Hussein. I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly. I'm very sorry. Uh, in this article, it does a pretty good job of describing all of the ways that the far right and uh, neo-Nazi, fascist, racist assholes, um, the way that they have just sort of wormed their way into um, uh, our, our country, our lives, <laughs> everything. Ma mainstream, really. Like it's mainstream. it's not even like warm. They've been here. Like we we know that they've been here. <laughs> Welcome yes. to the Confederacy, but yeah, it's the mainstream far right is here. It's the th before we go into like this, I just want to quickly say that it's it's really annoying that so much of the discussion in terms of like I guess the culture war and everything is having being forced to have like debates almost with people who don't believe in human rights, which is like I've always kind of been like it's like you know like the idea of like if two people are arguing in the street, yelling at each other, and one's an idiot and one's a smart person that the passerby just sees two idiots arguing. And I, I've always kind of like tried to avoid that. And so it's it's just sort of annoying that, like you said, it's mainstream now. We have to deal with it. It's It's been there for a long time, but with just, you know, the intellectual dark web and everything with Jordan Peterson and everything, it's like now we have to we have to talk to people who are fundamentally unhinged in a way that is like it, we they should be put in a special place instead i i don't know if that, <laughs> that's too much to say no but, i understand hey. i don't know i don't know that i need to talk to them but i know that i need to deal with the fallout of the things that they believe and the ways in which those are shaping those are very very in very real ways shaping public policy in 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 america and so and you can see that through trump and you can see that through things like terrorist acts that they're you know carrying out and you can see that in the streets when they're you know using open carry as a as a way to um you know try to silence other voices I, there's there's so many ways that we're seeing it now that 
that I really think it's shaping the ways in which policy is sort of acting, um, being enacted, especially by, especially by Trump. So I don't know that I need to deal with them. I just need to deal with the aftermath of them being here. I don't want to, I'm afraid to have a conversation with people who have those sorts of, of leanings and tendencies. I, I think that you're right when you say unstable. And I think that that instability comes from fear, like a deep seated fear of what they think white America should look like. And our fundamental disagreement that America has never been white America. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's, um, the, uh, I want to quickly recommend there's a podcast by Robert Evans called the war on everyone, um, which is a terrifying listen, but I think a much, a very insightful listen on the ways that the KKK and the far right people have used the internet to spread their message. Um, effectively, they had this idea. They were almost like, actually, there's a really interesting part where they actually talk, they talk about how the, the far right um, Nazis and, and racists that they, one of the early adopters of the internet specifically because they saw it as a way to spread their message uh, more quickly and more insidiously through, you know, at that time, like, you know, like the early 80s where things were less monitored, uh, it, it gets crazy. And I think that that would, that's probably like a good listen to go along with this Intercept article. Uh, we will link everything, by the way, in our show notes, in our description. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen from this. This is something that we're going to have to keep dealing with and, and keeping tabs on. Yeah. I think that part of the point of the article, too, that Hussein has written has a lot to do with the ways in which historically these sorts of um, movements rise from the kinds of um, uncertainty that we're seeing right now in America. I mean, not only a global pandemic, which has not been dealt with well in America, um, continues to not be dealt with. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Um, economic collapse as a large result of this pandemic. Then racial tensions and what people are deeming culture wars. Like all these sorts of things are sort of coming to a confluence. And he mentions that, that historically, societies who deal with these sorts of things all at one time don't like it's 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 mm-hmm. hard. Like societies collapse around these sorts of things, and so. Um, yeah. But that, that's why there's a doorway for these sorts of people to enter. And, I mean, part of Trump being president was that idea that we need something new. You know, I think that part of that was that white nationalism sort of pushback against our first black president, quote unquote. And so yeah. all those things sort of coming coming into play just makes it really difficult, I think, for society in general to deal with the number of things that are happening, which is why white nationalism has this moment in time where I think that they can feel safer coming out into the public. Um, there are so many things for us to deal with, not just not just this idea that like racism continues to be rampant, which many of us already knew. So, the the what you said about it being safer, um, that that is the part that I think terrifies me the most is that. Is that, mm-hmm. you know, like now, like if you go on Twitter, you just, you see, uh, I mean, anywhere really, but you'll just see these videos of racist people, these Karens and whatnot, these Karens and these Kens being just overtly racist. Is it Karens and Kens? Is it, are we calling I, them Kens? Is it Karen and Ken? Kens. I just like the, to use the K's twice. Um, I need a third one in okay. there to really oh, wrap up good. their whole, their whole shtick. Karens, Kens, and their kids. Oh, <laughs> There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, they know they're being recorded, and yet somehow they seem more, uh, like in in. They seem more emboldened. emboldened. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, yeah. They they seems like because you would think that they'd be more ashamed, or at least I I would hope I would hope that it that I think that was the original idea is like let's just film all these people, let's shame them, let's name and shame, let's find their employers, let's get them fired, and. I mean, it's kind of working, I guess. Um, I think we could probably do a whole segment of people who have lost their jobs or 
you know, uh, yeah, things like that. But this, yeah, like you said, it's it's getting more mainstream, so we have to contend with it, but also we have to deal with it in our regular everyday lives. I mean, how many stories now have you heard where black people are getting guns pulled on them from just regular yeah. white citizens for no other reason that the the white person just didn't like what they said or did? Like it's it's usually very vague, and it doesn't ever seem like the person who who's being um you know harassed by by the gun owner is really threatening that other person's life in any way yeah and then and then i mean a transition to another story that we wanted to talk talk about just as a sort of carrying carrying along those same lines is even when you have people who have straight up murdered black humans even then it's difficult to sort of Prosecute, obviously, Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor. We have that as a really good example. But um, just now, you know, just this week, the ex-cop um, who who killed George Floyd is creating a defense in court. And so, and what does that look like? That he's saying that you know George Floyd was at least to some degree culpable, mm-hmm. and that's racism at work. Like that's to say this black man just by living is culpable in his own death. Yeah, it's um, yeah. That that's the next thing we did want to talk about it is, uh, the ex cop who's uh, what's his name, Thomas Lane. Yeah, one uh, oh, yeah. one of the cops that was was there. He his argument in court right now is like you said, it's it's George Floyd had some something. He had his own part to play in him getting murdered, which it which it amounts to saying, you know that that there was movement in the car so so here so here's the thing so let me let me try to find this so the argument they're making is lane initially notices movement in the car when approaching um which i guess approaching the vehicle that floyd was in and he demands to see floyd's hands at least 10 times while floyd is seated in the vehicle floyd attempts to leave the vehicle before being asked to exit upon then exiting when asked to lane is yelling demands to floyd as to hand placement and where to stand. Floyd continues to move around until he is eventually cuffed and moved to the sidewalk where he is seated. I'm trying to find... There's there's another part in here where they talk about how Lane was trying to be accommodating to Floyd as well. There's a picture that they're trying to paint um, in this article, which, by the way, I forgot to mention the article's name. So this is by lawandcrime.com, which is kind of a funny name uh the article is written by colin calm kalmbacher well i'm, waste, I'm ruining all these names kalmbacher Col- colin kalmbacher yeah i would say that's right colin kalmbacher and so uh so as far as i gathered by reading this article they they try thomas lane is trying to make this a argument that not only did floyd do things wrong in terms of listening to the police basically uh, that also Lane was trying to be accommodating to Floyd at different times while he was explaining that he was uncomfortable and things like that. And so they're trying to paint this picture that that you know, they, that that Lane's not really that bad of a guy and things just you know took a wrong turn and it wasn't really his fault. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. There, there's a lot more in here. There's like a, the full-on legal document in here. Um, showing the 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 defense's uh, argument. I mean, th- this is like why, like when the, when the George Floyd first started, everyone said, "Okay, it's great that everyone's out on the streets and we're doing all this stuff, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to. You can't just watch people paint street signs or or change street names and and paint bright letters that say Black Lives Matter and be done with it because that's what they always do. Uh, I mean, this kind of goes into a different topic altogether like performative what is it performative change but there's always this like oh we hear you we we will do the right thing and what they're just trying to do is they're just trying to tell you to to calm down while they figure out how to um not do the right thing well, I mean, when you watch the video, if you if you've watched the video of of George of George Floyd's death, it's first of all, it's tremendously difficult. Mm-hmm. To, it's like a tremendously difficult thing to watch. But 
there I have there are so many questions about why these three police officers who were subsequently charged, right? Three of them. Like at what point did they feel it necessary to exacerbate the situation to the point that it like what like why? Because a black man was in a car? Like I right. mean, it makes no it makes no sense whatsoever. And for him to say, oh, we were accommodating. No, people are scared of you. Like people, you have guns and people of color are killed on a daily basis by police officers. So no, you're, that's not accommodating you being there and just asking him to see his hands 10 times. I'm terrified at that point. And I am a white lady. I, I could be a Karen. I could be a successful Karen. I'm not. I would like to say that. But I'm just saying, like, I would be terrified at that point. And so for this dude to be like, oh, I was being accommodating. I was trying to make this work. No, you weren't. And for cops to have no idea that that's what it's like for a regular human person exacerbated a million times by people of color is ridiculous. And it's irritating and upsetting to me. That that's what the defense looks like. It's it's it feels very gaslighty. It feels very like 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 if someone was to hit you. If 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 people have been in abusive relationships, they already know. Like if someone was to like hit you, and then you're like, oh, I don't like that you hit me, and then I go, well, the, the issue was that you were standing in the wrong spot, and so that's why it happened. And you know, I tried to tell you before I hit you. Um. But yeah. so that's what happened. So really, it's just all very no, reasonable. That's a good analogy. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, th- I hope <laughs> so. Even though, even though we have these sorts of you know like movements, these far right movements, I, I feel like the general consensus among good thinking humans is that this is not okay. Like we're and we're done with seeing this happen to our fellow humans. I hope that that momentum continues. But like you were talking about, some of that is performative, I think, to some degree, right? I mean, you have these white folks who say that they want to do right by, you know, other community members. Um, and I'll let you, do you want to lead into the next story then about how that goes so far, so far awry. <laughs> yeah. I, I just also wanted to say that, um, by the way, like the reason, the other, th- other thing adding to this, this movement will probably never end. And it's really important to keep uh, notice of that is because two, at this point, two officers have been released on bail by money that was donated. And that's, I mean, we're talking about like the whole mainstream far right like that's people donated money to release these murderers so uh and it's not cheap <laughs> so okay anyway uh, what was no. the next thing um uh it's so performative justice performative this justice. idea that this idea that folks want to do right by communities that are not their own and how and how that <laughs> And how and how how many white folks just might not know how to do that very well, especially rich white folks. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the rich white folks. How fucked up they they did it this week. <laughs> I you know I was thinking about earlier today. I was like, should we add a Karen segment where we just like go through a bunch of different Karen moments of the week, like Karens of the week or something. <laughs> <laughs> Karens of the week. <laughs> Um, Karen's and kids, Ken's and their the kids. KKK corner or the KK corner, or I don't, I don't like that. But <laughs> <laughs> there is this really famous band that I've never heard of called <laughs> Antebellum. Lady Antebellum. Lady, Lady Antebellum. That's I think it. <laughs> they're country music, right? They're country music. I, I think it's like. This new Americana style. I, I haven't listened to it, but I'm assuming it's like this like folk Americana style where it's like it, it's like overly produced new Americana. Overly produced uh Appalachian folk? music. Sure, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I know. I can't name one of their songs. If I'm being really honest, I can't be like, that's definitely Lady Antebellum song. However, they were on this show called Songland, which I love. So um, that's the that's the only reason I know who they are. 
Yeah, I feel like I've heard of them before, but I think that I welcome anyone. I think new Americana. I, wel- yeah. I welcome anyone on Twitter to get in my in my mentions and, and correct me on this because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna right. listen to them after this either. Just so you know, oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna look at oh, them for up. sure. I've never looked them up this whole time that I found this. But okay, the the story is that they decided uh, to support Black Lives Matter, the the movement, um, by changing their name to Lady A. Which... Yeah, so dropping antebellum because that has connotations of like the Confederacy and slavery and all these other sorts of things. In case people don't know what antebellum is, the antebellum South is that time, you know, when slavery was like big business. So big business. I, I wish uh, the listeners, um, Hunty was doing a little sh- like shimmy with her sh- with her shoulders. <laughs> that uh, big business. It's big business. Hey, it's big business down here in the South. It's big the slavery stuff. We got sla- the, the slavery <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. So um, Lady Antebellum decides to drop Antebellum. And they go with Lady A, which I feel like <laughs> so that's such a lazy, stupid. <laughs> it's like it's like when you tell somebody fuck off, but like you don't know if you're in the right company to say fuck, so you just say F off. It's the same thing. Everyone knows what like you said. Same- Ooh. I got a perfect. Uh, you said, you said um, what you said. Like you can, you can park your car outside, but everyone still knows that you drove there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I heard that from somewhere I love, else. Just, I love the analogies that you're coming with today for Thank sure. You. It's amazing. Thank you. Okay, so they changed their name to Lady A. There's a problem. What's the problem, Lucy? <laughs> the problem. Is there's already someone who goes by the name Lady A, a blues singer. And so what Lady A or Antebellum decides to do is sue that sing- Oh, important to note, the singer is black. Important to note, a black woman. <laughs> a black woman. A black woman. A black singer. Who goes by Lady A. Who goes by Lady A, who's been going by that name. Uh, I'm not sure how long, For but decades. she had it first. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been like decades. Decades, okay. Actually, I'm going to go listen to her music. I will not listen to Antebellum's music. For real. Um, but she had this She had this name. So Antebellum goes, we want to change our name to Lady A because we're too lazy to actually think of a real name. And then I go, that name's already taken. Well, I don't like that because I'm a Karen still and I'm going to sue you for the right to be racially woke. <laughs> Okay. So the woman, so Lady A, the singer, um, said that they that they contacted her, I guess, and asked about it at first. And they were like trying to be all pleasant and say, you know, like, oh, we'll promote your music and we'll do like some songs together or whatever. But they had no intention of paying her for the use of oh her name. God. And when and, you know, so like copyright law or whatever, intellectual property, I don't actually know what laws like are related to this particular issue in, you know, like the music world. But regardless, there was, there was like, apparently they, they had no intention of paying her and lady and lady a, sorry, whoever, what are we calling them now then? Um, Lady K, Lady Karen, (laughs) Lady K. I like that. Um, (laughs) but if you don't intend to pay somebody for the use of the name that they have, because you want to use it and you weren't there first, well, that's not right. Yeah. We can all. I mean, they make money. They make money. Mm-hmm. And even they make if they albums don't, and money. It, it wasn't they don't, your but name. They do. It was someone your had name. the name. So, I mean, what happens when you want to make a new website and then you find out that someone else already bought the domain, or you want a, a username when you go on Instagram and you make a new profile? You do you go sue else. the person who had the username first? Because you're more famous or like, how does it even work? So this is yeah. the performative part. Like they go, they go out of their way to tell everybody they're changing their name mm-hmm. to something lazy. We can all agree that just dropping the N T E B E L L U M. That's late. It's laziness. Lazy. Mm-hmm. They go out of their way to tell everybody they're changing their name and then sue a black woman. Yep. Can no that is called cognitive dissonance. That's this idea yeah. that you're gonna that you're gonna yep. do one thing and then turn the other cheek and do something exactly against the thing that you just said you were doing. Yeah, I I, I wanna say the other reason why I'm not gonna listen to any of their music is because if if them deciding to go from Lady Antebellum to Lady A is 
any indication to their ability to be creative, then I don't feel like I need to listen to any <laughs> of the music. That's a really good. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, yeah, that whole thing just. But I feel like we all knew it was coming. I mean, at some point, you know. I mean, there's so much to to learn and unlearn about being somebody who can actually walk the walk and talk the talk, like do both things. I mean, people don't know enough about American history. They don't know enough about slavery. They don't know enough about oppression. They don't know enough. I mean, there's just so many things that folks need to learn about. And because you're continually learning about these things, it's like you have to start somewhere and then people, I, I, and I'm, and I'm trying to give them a benefit of the doubt, right? Like that maybe, maybe they tried and they failed because they just don't know enough. So they need to know more, but it can be overwhelming to consistently know you have to learn more about being a better human. Yeah. Some people just like to push. They're like, okay, well I did, I did my, I did my five minute reading today of how to be anti-racist and peace. Now I'm done. You know, I, <laughs> I, read, like, a, I read a paragraph of, of, a. Uh, um, I can't even think. There's so many books. I'm like trying to think of one title. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like maybe they just read two tweets. Mm. Like today we read a tweet by Michelle Alexander and a tweet by Noam Chomsky. <laughs> I don't know. Just Noam Chomsky isn't tweeting. But, you know, I mean, like, choose any two. Yeah. Insert here. Oh, I'm woke for today. I've done, my, I've done my woke duties. I've done my woke chores. My woke chores. <laughs> Good job. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Oof. I want my snack now. And and that and that's just giving them like the benefit of the doubt. That's just saying, you know That they're not just racist. That they're not yeah. At worst, right? At worst, they're race. I mean, look at their name in the first place. Like they probably should have thought that three through a hot five, six seconds longer than they did. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure that they are um if not overtly racist, just casually racist. I'm going to slander them. I'll slander too. their names. I don't care. They can come see me, too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this, this, uh, this new Americana band suing all the people of color. That would be fantastic. Yeah. That's got to look good on album sales. They're, I think the thing is, is they're an easy... Oh, wait, no, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say they're from Nashville. Yeah. So, I mean, having, okay. So I, I have been in the South and I have been in that part of the South. So like Georgia, Tennessee, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, like these places, like, I mean, again, trying to give folks the benefit of the doubt. I understand that the training you have in those places, if you are a white human, is not about social justice, is not about racial justice, is not about equity. I mean, you really are in the places where you're learning that white is right. And so... Mm-hmm. You're also learning how to properly wear a wide-brimmed hat. That is true. And, or a bow in your hair. Mm. Dang. Talk about Karen and Ken's kids. Those <laughs> folks got some bows in there. I don't know how they hold up their little noggins. I just don't know how they do it. That's some That's some weight on their shoulders. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> impressive. It's, um. almost, it's almost <laughs> impressive. And honestly, like this sort of whole idea of performative justice stems from this idea that you think you know what's right for other people or you think you know what to do that's right by other people. And that's something that Americans have felt that they have known for certain groups for a long time, right? I mean, so you have these white folks who make decisions and say, no, I've done the right thing. I'm changing, we're changing our name. And then they do the wrong thing by saying, this is how we're going to do that. I mean, People of color and women, both groups, I think, have been subject to these sorts of decisions, these like wide ranging decisions yeah. that no one ever really thinks twice about. People just make decisions and they say, oh, no, this is the right thing to do. And this is how we're going to move forward with this. And then another thing that just goes horribly awry because nobody asks the people who are actually impacted by these decisions. The Supreme Court. Hey, the Supreme Court. Supreme Court doing the stuff. Supreme Court is they are doing some stuff. I have been I have been roundly surprised. Not by this decision though. 
this decision, this one is, is a bummer. This one, the Supreme Court has decided that they've decided to uphold the Trump administration's regulation of letting employers opt out of birth control coverage. And this specifically, we're bringing this from the New York Times, uh, this article written by Adam Liptak. It, as far as I understand it, I, I think what this means is is that if an employer says this is against my religion to support uh, birth control under the health care that we provide, they can just decide not to provide that. Yeah. Basically. So if they if they have a if they have a moral or a moral. religious objection, oh, it yeah, could be moral to, too. Okay. Yeah, to providing birth control, they can opt out of that part of the Affordable Care Act. Because there's a there's a mandate that says that you have to have you have to give women access to birth control. Yeah. How many times have we heard the story about like making decisions about women's bodies? Yeah. Just why? I, like this the, I don't understand I don't understand why this is still why why it matters. Obviously there's the religious implication and we know that there is you know, what along with the far right, the mainstreaming of, of far rightism, fascism and, and religious uh zealots, you know, They've always tried to have their hands in politics and using their money to influence the way these things turn out, uh, like Hobby Lobby, for instance. <laughs> um, yeah. This is like another thing where um, it's like, I wish we had the universal health care. <laughs> so there, there are issues about women's bodies and us and us being able to make decisions about our our own bodies but in addition to that there are like constitutional law issues that they're bringing up there are issues of congress not doing the right things that they needed to as they enacted the affordable care act there are allusions to these sorts of ideas of you know uh first amendment rights or that's the constitutional part you know are more you know are you can't go against those sorts of things. I mean, there, there. This, this subject is very much sort of like encapsulated into everything that's wrong with American politics, but also some things that are wrong with American law, because again, we have had so few women and people of color in positions of power to sort of enact policy, and so um, it's another, I think, instructive example of why we need greater representation by different people yeah and it also just it also just even comes down to like this i this idea of like how how language shapes the world that we live in because i mean i call it the affordable care act very purposefully because when you call it obamacare there's an option to open the door into this idea that a socialist black president tried to do something that he shouldn't have and so um you never hear trump call the affordable care act the Affordable Care Act, even though that's what it is, you always hear it called Obamacare because he's trying to rile those folks who think that Obama was a bad president or that he was trying to institute socialism and American, you know, democracy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that those two things, socialism and democracy, can't go together, by the way. But the other issue, in addition to sort of women controlling women's own bodies, are the fact that um, birth control and, contracept- and contraceptives I mean, those aren't just women issues. Those are societal issues. And so when you mm-hmm. tell people that they can't get free or low-cost ways to plan their families, that is going to disproportionately affect poor folks mm-hmm. and people of color across the board. And so it's not just a women's issue. It's a society issue because that is deeply impacting society as a whole. How do you fix that? You'd think it would be easy. I don't understand why it's not. <laughs> I, I actually I forgot about the um, the societal impact and and affecting poor people and minority groups. I I remember reading that before that that that's yeah. sort of like uh, when I was when I was going down a uh, conspiracy rabbit hole um, years ago. I remember reading about something like this in terms of like uh, what was it? It was framed as some sort of uh, not like population control, but like almost the opposite. Like you, you make it so that the per the people on the bottom never have a way to climb up. This is like a, an example of doing that. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just throwing out a, a vague conspiracy that I remember from years ago. 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the, wonder how much is it like, I know they're supposed, the justices are supposed to be technically unbiased in some way or, you know, in a, in a sort of theoretical way, I guess. But like, I wonder how much of it is kind of party lines in, in specifically in the birth control, um, case because it's like that is one of the like republican tenets is like you know pro-life quote-unquote like anti-abortion anti-birth control well it was it was men it was men versus women yeah yeah that's true that's in the decision but i mean all of the men signed all of the men said we're going to get rid of this provision that it's not that, that they can't enforce, not going to get rid of it. They said that they, it's not enforceable. So people can opt out. So all the men said, yes, we're going to allow them to opt out of this. Both women said their, their reasoning for allowing them to opt out was ridiculous because a lot of it has to do, like I said, that like not only is it constitutional, so you have the religious freedom stuff that, you know, justices talk about and they and they talk about first amendment rights specifically as it relates to that so we have religious freedom in the united states that is almost always related to christian freedom Mm -hmm. let's just go ahead and point that out in addition to that you have a failure of congress to this is the argument of the majority you have a failure of congress to say exactly what services should or should not be allowed or could or could not be instead instituted underneath this provision of the health care act and so they're saying you know like oh congress could have made it better and instead of saying what the two female justices said which is all all of these things should be upheld and women should have access to this period and so i don't even know if it's party lines any as much as it is just like not really caring about women's health like that's what like, i think that is more accurate that is I feel like we need to start saying that because I think it's one of those things where it's just in the same way white supremacy is insidious and, uh, you know, wears a lot of different costumes to mask itself. I think that I think that's the same thing with this. I feel like people want to say, oh, it's about religion or about this. But I think at the end of the day, when you talk to those people, if you were to spend like an evening with them, you would discover that they actually just hate women. And. Yeah, I, th- I, I feel Actually, like I, might yeah, I was going to say just a quick oh. correction. There's three women justices yeah, in one of there's three yeah, women. But, yeah, there are. Yeah. Okay. So I'm two sorry. Did. So so two two dissented and Kagan did not. Yeah. Thank you, Marks. Can we go back and re I can restate that whole thing. Yeah, no, you can just correct me. That's good. It's good. Bringing up the correction. No, no, no. It's good to be. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good to be. It, no, it's good to be corrected and to and for people to take that without being like, are you sure? <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm not wrong. No, I was wrong. There are three There are three female justices. Uh, two female justices signed on to this dissent. One signed on to the majority. Uh, well, Hunty, the, majority, Hunty, the and, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 I, I was gonna say something stupid. You, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say that Kate, the, the uh, Elena Kagan is the third justice. She's the one who signed on with the majority. She was, she sort of, signed on to that argument that that Congress should be able to better delineate how these sorts of things play out in the bill. So but in just, you know, looking at Congress, can they? Yeah, not right now. <laughs> they can't do anything other than appoint justice, appoint new justices to different courts all around the nation and make it more conservative. Way to go, Mitch McConnell, you fucking prick. What a dick. I, uh, I hate that. I hate that weird turtle. It's just, it's just, it, because the other thing is, I just to like say, like the other stuff that the Supreme Court did, it, it, it's weird that that this would be something that they would do because on the on the other side of stuff, um, uh, they have deemed half of Oklahoma as a Native American reservation. It's eastern. It's eastern Oklahoma. So like a huge swath of territory in eastern Oklahoma. Right. It's. Long overdue. I I don't know what the negative is on this, but I that's just that's the sad part. All the stuff. Whenever something positive happens, there's a negative attached to it. Whenever something You're negative like waiting, happens, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever something negative happens, it's um, always like um, accompanied by something much largely or more negative words. Yeah. 
we have to move on to other news uh, real quickly. Oh, we but do? I, are you sure? We Is do. that because we're talking about women's issues and you're not worried about you know it? What? Or? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I knew I'm that I playing. was like, I was wrestling with myself, like, should I open myself up for that or should I? <laughs> um, no, because we could laugh about it. Uh, but real quick, just other things, Supreme Court news, prosecutors. Uh, oh, wait, no, never mind. Okay, there was something about they, they may, they're they saying Trump has to release his tax records. Uh, but now it's just I'm seeing something that says prosecutors may not get Trump tax records until after the election, which makes it kind of useless. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, so I, I guess that's it for Supreme Court news right now. Um, the next thing... That we wanted to talk about is... I mean it's not like there was a ton there have been a ton of rulings by the Supreme Court some of which like you were talking about the you know the the Oklahoma issue I think is I don't know I, other than misstating how many female justices were on the Supreme Court I am actually quite interested mm-hmm. in the way the Supreme Court sort of plays out and Gorsuch is actually he was like a proponent of Native American rights American Indian rights like he he's like done work there before so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised that he would side on a case because really that that particular case has like it could have far-reaching ramifications but it hasn't in the past it's really about law enforcement and who is able to prosecute humans if they belong to a tribe and then Mm. so part of the argument i believe for that case we'll let marks tell me if i was wrong um (laughs) just playing and I hope that he does, um, is is just determining the boundaries of the reservation. And so they're really saying, this is another sort of like Congress fucked up sort of conversation, actually. So we have birth control, Congress fucked up, or contraception or women's health, Congress fucked up, in addition to Congress fucking up, was not, um, not being better about... Um, about like just taking land from um the tribes in oklahoma (laughs) through force and then keeping track of that so i mean (laughs) this is like this is like bad this is like supreme court um decisions explained badly it's like a game that's what this like it can be a game we'll make it a segment like what did the supreme (laughs) how uh we'll call it how do supreme court do (laughs) <laughs> how do supreme court I, do um as we're getting into this i'm like wow i actually don't know a lot about this so i'll have to do more research and and i'm gonna get flamed in the comments um <laughs> <laughs> well it's it, 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 it is basically like what what are the boundaries of reservations in eastern oklahoma and and as a result of that who gets to charge folks with crimes mm-hmm and so the majority decided that for the purposes of this particular case, basically most of eastern Oklahoma is tribal land. What ramifications will that have outside of this sort of like smaller conversation? I feel I feel like Marx wants to say something. Um yeah, I was just gonna kind of I don't know, it's not important, but I was just gonna like it's i guess it's not surprising that it's a question of jurisdiction that makes any sort of right uh native american justice of any sort so yeah that is a that is an excellent point well stated (laughs) for real oh oh good so white folks are continuing to decide gets to prosecute folks on tribal okay and, and you're can, right no in america continued news white folks still deciding <laughs> what what color people can do or not do <laughs> that is that is absolutely right um excellent point well stated uh moving on trump's niece mary says trump's re-election would spell the end of american democracy joining everyone else in that sentiment um (laughs) (laughs) but she's but she's a clinical psych you know what i i don't let's let's can we reframe this i mean let's keep what you just said but i would like i would like to push back a little let's say dr mary trump 
PhD clinical psychology says that Donald Trump is batshit crazy. Because if I were Dr. Mary Trump, I would hate being called Donald Trump's niece in perpetuity. You know what? That's no, true. This, this woman, this woman has a master's and PhD in clinical psychology, and she is telling you that this person to whom she is related by no fault of her own is is legitimately fucking bad for American democracy. Mm-hmm. And then she lines out why that's true. That you know what that 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 actually um, makes me hate this article. <laughs> what you pointing that out because because yeah, she why is she, it's this article so this is the this is the name of the article the, or the headline it's or title it's trump's niece mary says re-election would spell the end of american democracy this is written by ashley coleman i and this is on business insider and i now i hate it because i feel like they could have said that because i didn't know that when i read it i didn't know that when i first came across this and i think that would have that would have added i think that adds more weight to it i feel like doing it this oh, way yeah. is more like a like clickbaity yeah. Well, not just that. It like dim- it diminishes it to some sort of like family infighting yeah, and drama. Thing. It's basically it's basically keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Keeping up with the Trumps, it right? Like that's basically like that. what they sort of yeah. But yeah, I yeah. So, but that happens to women all the time. You know, you've seen that, right? Like it it doesn't really yeah. matter if women are like the smartest people in the room. They're always you know like in relation to some dude who's also in the room. So. It doesn't matter how much education I have. I'm usually misses. That's sad. It's all right. Okay, so moving on. Let's talk about Dr. Mary Trump, though, because she she has got some things to say. Her book has not been It's not released yet. So everything we know is through other people talking about what she plans to say. Like the Kardashians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's fascinating because... It's like it's like somebody with a degree in psychology saying he has narcissistic personality disorder. You were talking about gaslighting earlier. Mm-hmm. That's that is that is that is a key attribute of folks who are narcissists. Yeah. Is gaslighting. Like you have to say things that are untrue and then get people to believe those things. This this is also uh pretty amazing because I remember when when Trump first got elected and when that whole 2016 election cycle was going on and there was a lot of people doing like sideline psychology um, on Trump. And then there was and then there was like other people kind of pushing back and saying, you know, we can all kind of make our own assessments, but without us being in the room and actually, you know, treating the patient, we aren't really qualified to make a comment on this or that. But this, I think, is this is different. This is. I hope so. I think it's different. I mean, if people start talking about her qualifications instead of just saying that she's his niece, I mean, yeah, the qualifications and that she's a niece, like the both both of those things make it like, hey, you should listen to this. This is, yeah, it's just this is worth paying attention to. Um, yeah, for a number of reasons, but I mean, I think all of us have felt like this is worth paying attention to. For I think that I think that most people who see Donald Trump in the way that he functions would be able to tell there are some deep psychological issues for this human, yeah, this man, this this strange orange disturbed man. <laughs> I just the, there are so many things. She added, um, just quoting from this uh, article, quick she. She does say that by the time this book is published, hundreds of thousands of Americans will be, in, will have been sacrificed on the altar of Donald's hubris and willful ignorance, which yeah. is super bleak. And it reminds me of Warhammer 40k, just to throw in some, uh, <laughs> some nerd stuff for the for the fans at home. But just like, but it's true. It's true. That's what's happening. Um. The BBC just this morning, we, were, we said we we're going to talk a little bit about like breaking news that we saw on our Twitter feeds this morning. This morning, the BBC was saying that um, Donald Trump, this was international news. This is on the BBC. This is coming from the EU. They're, they're like, Donald Trump wears a mask for the first time. International news. When, this is. when was this? Today, this morning. Oh, okay. I just got it on for my the, Twitter. Oh, my God. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. 
that, um, that's the hubris that she's talking about. That's that, that's that ignorance. That's the narcissistic personality disorder. That's ignoring anybody who could be smarter than you, but you think you're the smartest human in the room. Like yep. that's, and it's terrifying because she's, she's right. That's what happens for an international news agency to pick up that this is the first time you've worn a mask. Mm-hmm. I people mean, are dying. We could talk about like Fauci, uh, you know, trying to tell us the truth and then him not being able to get screen time because he's trying to tell the truth and it goes against what Trump thinks is the truth. But uh, I want to move on. And again, because we're coming down on the wire on this and we're running a new kind of show here and we're being very professional. <laughs> uh, what, what you, how have we been doing on your timer? Lucy really has a timer. Good. He's really, he's really working it too. And it's hard. We're verbose. Um, <laughs> we're doing really good. Actually, we're, we're, we're doing pretty good. I think that okay. the, the last thing on our, on our list, which is also sad and depressing is that we were trapped. Americans are trapped. We're trapped in America because their passports are worthless. No one wants us because we're all disease-ridden and <laughs> filled with the plague. Damn. Holy <laughs> hot Hannah. No, this is this is a good segment. This is this is this is Donald Trump's doing. Uh, this is why hundreds of thousands of people are dying and now and now we are trapped here. We cannot leave. According to this I, I this this art so this article is called American Passports Are Worthless Now, uh, which has a map. Uh, it's by Indy uh, Summer. Oh my God, Samarajiva. Wow, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna get hated on in this episode. Maybe you could look up how to say it, and then Marx could do a little, a little, a little yeah. recreate. Maybe I could do magic. Maybe Foods. I could do like better research before I make maybe it. I could do like actual. <laughs> Maybe I can do homework before we do this. Um, that's I'll, you know what I'm going to next time. That's my commitment to myself that I'm making publicly. But here we go. Uh, great news: the most reliable projections are saying that 200,000 Americans will be dead and 15 million infected by election day in November. Uh, but these projections struggle to account for completely irrational federal actions like denigrating masks pushing to reopen early and pushing students back into schools. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, right now, on this day, all the places that you are allowed to go as an American citizen is... Because of this, because of the fact that coronavirus, COVID-19, runs rampant through our communities and there is no centralized force that is trying to limit the spread of this disease period like full stop nothing so because of that we, we can we go to 29 places we countries or just 29 places um well here's here's the thing so it's it's 29 um hold on real quick uh we are only allowed as americans we can go to a few caribbean islands and the balkans wow uh, and, there are and also, 95 countries, and we can go to 29 of those places. Yes. Uh, on top of that, uh, inside of America, we have access to exactly two dozen states, um, or five more if uh, you want to endure a 14-day quarantine. Um, yes, I was going to say there are places in the United States that I can't go unless I'm going to go and then stay by myself for two weeks. Yeah. So. So even in America, it's it's a uh, um, uh, we're trapped. We're all trapped. <laughs> we're trapped in here together. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because like, it sucks. Your sh- I'm laughing because it hurts. The rest, the rest of the world is like y'all better figure out your own shit out. We're gonna set you in the corner. Yep. That's what they've done. We're on they time put out. us in the corner. We're on time out, and they're like, figure your shit out. As soon as you start throwing, stop throwing an ever loving fit. Then then maybe. Maybe, but that's if airlines exist at that point. We don't know if that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, in this article, um, uh, I think it's worth reading for anybody. But it's in the end, uh, there, there's a quote in here that says, uh, "So Trump was successful in building a wall around America, uh, and he did make the world pay for it. He just never told Americans that they'd be stuck inside." 
I love the poetry of that statement and hate everything it stands for. It's super well, great. It's and super well awesome. Written. We're all doing it's great. Well, <laughs> it's well written and so sad. Um, America, number one in all ways that matter. Um. <laughs> I just... The, it's easy to see that there are so many things wrong with things that are happening. Like, I love John Krasinski's good news. Like, I I think that that's sweet and cute and wonderful. And also, we have to deal with the shitstorm that's happening right now. Like, Like, you need to register to vote, and you need to go vote. And if you vote, and you, if you vote for Trump, you're voting for actively voting for people to die so just know that that's something that's happening i don't know um we talk a lot in our house about who who by the way and this i don't know maybe somebody's written a news story maybe we can look it up and it'll be on next week's episode but who's keeping track of all the fucked up stuff that trump has done so they can upend it when they get into the presidency i mean like is there a running list like there how has do to we be. know like <laughs> like I, i'm which, sure there's judge somebody keeping track of that like these are all the things that actively harm humans that trump has ensured goes through or that mitch mcconnell and his congress has ensured goes through how do we oh god and i don't want to know what the list is but i know some of the things that are on it and i'm worried about how we're gonna fix some of that stuff there um there was a uh, I, it was a meme photo but i i just sort of took it to be oh this is factual um but the, the photo was <laughs> because that's where I am. I guess I don't know. That's, um, I don't know. I don't know that that should be in. <laughs> like, please take it. Please take it seriously. Also, memes are where I get all my information. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm half playing. Here, I'm half. I, I recorder joking. Um, maybe we could take this out. But I just wanted to say so. Like, <laughs> according to this meme photo. <laughs> The countries most affected by the coronavirus are the U.S., Brazil, Russia, Spain, the United Kingdom, Italy, and France. The countries that are recognized... based on number of cases. Yeah. The countries that are recognized as having managed the crisis best are Germany, Taiwan, New Zealand, Iceland, Finland, Norway, and Denmark. The important thing about this that this meme photo wants you to know is that the countries that are most affected are all led by men. Whereas the countries that are recognized as having managed the crisis the best are all led by women, which made me feel like what we need is a um, reverse, a, a gender reversal version of Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> yes. Girl, get it. Can you get on that right away? Oh, man. And, uh,. That um so that that's that's gonna wrap it up for for this weekly uh, um, show. Um, just gonna quickly just do some some pluggables. Uh, Hunty, where can people find you and follow you? I have no idea. Um, I hope they don't. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, uh, just, follow, just follow Lucy. Just follow Lucy and our shadow, our amazing leader and shadow producer, our, Marks. Our shadow producer. I'm not the leader. I'm. I'm <laughs> um, the best leaders are the ones who refuse to lead. Oh well, uh, sometimes. Sometimes. I'm gonna disagree. In this case, but I'm, also I'm willing to, to agree with <laughs> the sentiment. <laughs> um, where am I? Oh, at the sh- in the shadows, I think it is. Um, and have I- you not been sued for your for your name? What me? Have you? Yeah, because is uh, what we do in the shadows. That's a pretty popular, like to oh, the show? You haven't been sued for oh. in the shadows. Well, yeah. Uh, no, all right. I don't know. God. I haven't gotten any. <laughs> uh, con- I haven't been contacted by anybody. <laughs> not- Okay, we sorry. haven't hit that level of fame yet. It's what they do. It's um, not what sorry, I do. Sorry, you might. <laughs> I, I, I love. Now it's going to be what I do in the shadows, though. What it has been done in the shadows. All of a sudden, what? that's that could be a new title for this weekly thing. What I do oh, in the shadows. What? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That sounds. That sounds like a like a like a deep dive into some crazy perverted stuff. <laughs> 
It does. What I do with the like, shadows, you don't know. Like, like our, new, like our, like our news ejection. Like our news ejection. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at PSD Lucy, and you can also find us, the whole group, uh, Public Space Pod on Twitter as well. Like I said at the beginning, we could also be found on our, let's see. We have an email address. It's publicspacetravel at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon if you feel like helping support the podcast. It's patreon.com slash publicspacetravel. Uh, we also have a voicemail that, um, please call us. It's 208-502-1406 or 06 if you are annoyed by people doing 06. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the show. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Lazarus Wolf. Just wanted to do a shout out to our patrons. Absolutely a genuine, massive thank you to our supporters who help us continue this podcast. So thank you, David, Noelia, and the Midnight Sloth for supporting us at the $5 solidarity level. I like you, and if you can't handle it, you can just, you know, fuck off. Please consider donating to your local bail or mutual aid fund or another charity for social justice. If also able, you can also support us at patreon.com slash public space travel.